Amen. Just keep playing there a moment, Stu. I believe there's someone today, and this is live, and uh, right now there's somebody, and you've been struggling in the lumbar area of your back. It's been painful, and uh, I believe God wants to heal that right now. There's someone else, and recently your diabetes has been peaking um, more than it has for a long time. I really believe that God wants to do a miracle in regard to diabetes and change levels within someone right now, even as the presence of God fills the home. There's also a mother out there and uh, she's worrying about her child and the child's name is John or Johnny, John or Johnny. God just says he's got this in hand, he's got this in hand. Father, I want to pray for that person with that lumbar problem in their back, the lower back, but right now there would be a, a, just a supernatural move of your omnipresence and backs would be healed right now, even as they're sitting in living rooms, even as they're listening to this on catch-up or in the workplace. Right now, let backs be healed by the power of God. And also, over diabetes, we say let the body, let the levels within the body, the insulin levels, etc., let them be repaired by God. Let there be a recovery right now for people who have been experiencing diabetes. I mean, a sudden change, not a, a long change, a sudden change. Right now, something begins to shift within you. For those parents with lost children, especially that one called John, where you're confused about him, right now, in Jesus' name, a peace upon your life, upon your heart, right now. He will return. He will return. Whether that's home or to God, he will return. So right now, we just declare that backs are healed, especially that lower back issue. Healed right now. Go ahead and enjoy your couch again. All pain lifts off of you diabetes somebody's been uh, miraculously touched right now in jesus name for the glory <coughs> of the father amen wasn't that a rich time of worship together it's beautiful just being able to do it all in the same time all in the same moment listen i want to continue today talking about walking with jesus specifically i want to look at walking with jesus as our good shepherd last week we looked at walking with Jesus as the Lion of Judah and the Lamb of God. And we finished off by really saying that we believe that Aslan is on the move. But just as C.S. Lewis uh, portrayed so well Jesus as the Lion of Judah, as Aslan in that wonderful film, The Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe, I truly believe that amongst all the stuff that you're seeing happening around at the moment, our Jesus, King Jesus, like the Lion of Judah, is on the move. We also looked last week that as well as being the Lion of Judah, He's the Lamb of God who was slain to take away our sins. Now, we've also been sharing the last couple of weeks on being a people who are Jesus-centric. What does that mean? That we don't put Jesus to the peripheral or to the side, but more than ever before, we allow him to be the centre of all things, the centre of our worship, the centre of our, our lives, the centre of our homes, and definitely the centre of his church. We've been speaking of being Jesus-centric. As we do this, think Jesus-centric thoughts, we discover how many names he's actually been given, how many um, ways the Bible portrays him in different ways, unique facets, each declaring and revealing another very special part of who he is. He's the voice of many waters, many different things to many different people at the same moment. For somebody watching today, you need him to be your Lion of Judah. For another person, you need him to be that gentle lamb. You know, the Bible just gives us so many names that describe how we can know Jesus in this hour, in the 21st century, right now. He's the Son of God. He's the Son of Man. 
He's the Lion of Judah. He's the Lamb of God. He's the Prince of Peace. All these names are wonderful, aren't they? And they describe a facet or an aspect or an attribute of who God is and how we can know him in our everyday lives. He's the bread of life. He's the door. He's the true vine. There were many times when Jesus in the Gospels introduced himself by a different title, a unique title to enable people to see him and know him in his fullness. He's the bread of life. I like that. We eat him and we live. He's the door, the only door back to the Father. He's the true vine. And we get the privilege of being the branches that find union and oneness with him as we place faith in him. Among these great names, and there's so many that reveal an aspect of God to us in a new and fresh way, is this title of a good shepherd. It wasn't just said about him. It's what he said of himself. He said, I'm the good shepherd. Others may say, or read translations that say, he's the great shepherd. Well, I believe he's both. He's the great shepherd, but also the good shepherd. And obviously, I'm talking about the book of John in, in the Gospel of John, chapter 10. Jesus focuses a lot in chapter 10 on the verses 1 to 18, on the thought of him being a shepherd, us being the sheep, and us knowing his good shepherding in our lives. I want to go over these thoughts and then... I want us to do something together at the end of our online service this morning that I believe is going to be very, very significant and uh, is going to fill our homes with a fresh presence of God. So when we read through the book of John chapter 10, we read verses 1 to 18 and it speaks the language of Jesus as the shepherd, the good shepherd, us as the sheep. When you read from verses 1 to 6, it speaks about knowing the shepherd's voice how the true sheep of God know his voice, even though there may be other voices that are around. The, the sheep of God, those who are sheep of his pasture that belong to him, know his voice, even in the presence of many voices. There's other voices that are beckoning us to follow them. But the Bible says the sheep of God do not follow the sound of a stranger. There's many strange voices around at the moment asking us to follow or step in line with what they're doing. Yet as the sheep of God, the sheep of his pasture, sheep belonging to him, we attune our ear to the voice of the good shepherd and follow in his leading. Then we read through verses 7 to 10, and he starts to speak that he's not only the shepherd, he's the gate or the gateway in. What is Jesus saying? He's the entrance into God's field. And you can only come into God's field, the pasture of God, a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. So Jesus says in the book of John, in these opening verses, that he's the shepherd, we're the sheep. He's not a hireling. He's not a stranger. He's the true shepherd, the good shepherd, the great shepherd. And we enter into being a part of his flock, being his people when we come through him. He says many people are jumping over walls and sneaking in. None of them are the true shepherd. Jesus stands in the midst of a time when, again, the, the message or the deceit of universalism is being preached that all roads lead to God. Again, let me just underline very firmly. No, they don't. That's a deception. That's a watering down of truth. One road leads to God the Father. One road leads a person from being lost to being found. One gateway brings a person into relationship with God the Father. And that gate is and will always be Jesus Christ. 
We read in verses 7 to 10 um, concerning him being the entrance in, but also then the well-known verse in, in verse 10 when he speaks of the agenda of the enemy or the bad shepherd regarding his intentions for us, but also the intentions that God has got for us as his people, as his sheep. It says that the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. That's the bad shepherd. That's the one who has no agenda for your life other than to kill you, to steal from you and destroy you. Jesus identifies the devil as that enemy, that bad shepherd. He says he comes to do nothing but kill, steal and destroy your families, your homes, your health. But then all of a sudden Jesus makes that clarion call announcement. But I, the good shepherd, have come that you would have life. Not just life as others know it, but the God kind of life. Life in all true abundance. But then we come to verse 11. And this is the section that I wanted to pick up on today. When he speaks about being the good shepherd and the differences between a good shepherd and a hired shepherd. It says in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. This is Jesus speaking. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And that's indeed what Jesus did for us as our shepherd, isn't it? That when the enemy came to claim us, to harm us, he stood between us and the enemy and took what we deserved upon himself. Then he says in verse 12, the higher hand or the hireling is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees a wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. He's self-protective. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is just a hired hand and cares nothing for the well-being of the sheep. Again, in verse 14, Jesus then announces, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. I love that. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them in also. They too will listen to my voice. He's speaking of the Gentile church there. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. So much richness in these verses that we talk about referring to Jesus as our good shepherd. He says he's the good shepherd, not a hired one. He says other leaders and other people in your life will run away and leave you when harm comes. But Jesus says he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you. He's that very present help in time of need. We've spoken of him about him being present in the storm, him being the lion of Judah that goes before us. But he's also the good shepherd, that when other shepherds or leaders run, he says, I'm going nowhere. And he displays that in his death on a cross, taking our place. He says he's not a hired worker but he's the lover of our soul. And then it says in verses 16 to 17, it speaks of a gathering. And I love this because it speaks of the plan of God for us as Gentiles. You know, I was born naturally a Gentile while others were born naturally a Jew. God didn't have a different kingdom for the Jew or the Gentile. He had one pasture and he says that so clearly where he says his agenda is to gather those who are not yet in. What was he referring to? He was referring to those who were non-Jewish by birth. That's me and you. Maybe you're watching and you're Jewish, then that doesn't include you. But if you're Gentile, it certainly does. You see, the plan of God, let me read that verse again, because I think it's so powerful when we read in verse 15, I'm sorry, verse 16. 
It says, I have other sheep that are not of this current sheep pen. I must bring them also. They will be one flock and one shepherd. You see, the, the plan of God in the new creation were to take two groups of people and make them one. Two different cultures and, and groupings of people, Jew and Gentile, and make them one new man that followed one shepherd, who's himself, Jesus Christ. So in these verses, it's amazing how the Lord reveals to us that God is our shepherd. He's not only the Lion of Judah, the Lamb of God, the Prince of Peace, and every other title that truly belongs to him, but he's also our good shepherd that doesn't run away when harm comes. Rather, he protects us, provides for us, leads us. John 10 reveals in the Gospels Jesus, God, as our shepherd. But the interesting thing is God also reveals himself as our shepherd in the Old Testament. So often when people read the Gospels, the Gospel of John, they say, hey, look, Jesus is revealing himself. God is revealing himself as our good shepherd. No, God revealed himself as our shepherd, our coming shepherd, the shepherd that would rescue us from being scattered many, many years ago through the prophet Ezekiel. And when you turn to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 34, again, I don't want to read the whole chapter. I want to highlight the part that shows it was always the plan of God to be the good shepherd in the lives of those who had been scattered. You start reading in Ezekiel 34 and from verses 1 to 10, he's rebuking bad shepherds. That's basically what he's doing. It's a very interesting chapter. He's rebuking bad shepherds of that day in the day of Ezekiel, but also he was prophetically rebuking bad shepherds that would be around in the day of Jesus and even today, the Pharisee, the Sadducee, the couldn't see, the wouldn't see. Men who were doing religious duty rather than walking in calling or relationship with God. He rebukes the bad shepherds really quite violently and he accuses them of abusing the sheep instead of taking care of them. He accuses these bad shepherds of manipulating and using the sheep for their own benefit. And he's very, very strong if you read those verses 1 to 10 in Ezekiel 34. But then in verse 11 to 16 of Ezekiel 34, he again introduces himself prophetically concerning he always had the agenda to be the good shepherd in your life that didn't abuse you, didn't use you, didn't just um, treat you wrongly as one of his sheep, but rather gathered you from being scattered and then led you into green pastures. Let me read these verses for you, because it's amazing how they parallel so clearly with what we read in John 10, even though this was the day of Ezekiel, a time long, long before. Let me read to you from verse 11. For this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for the sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries. Again, he's highlighting the taking of two flocks and making them one flock that belongs to him. I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountain of Israel, in the ravines and in the, in the settlements in the land. Listen to this. I will tend them in good pasture and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. 
the intention of a good shepherd to bring us into a place that's good grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land. It sounds like a very well-known um, psalm, doesn't it? And there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. Verse 15, I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. Now you've got to understand that the only time that a sheep will lay down is when it feels safe and protected. So every time the Bible refers to us laying down as his sheep, it refers to us having a sense of well-being, a sense of safety. Even if there are wolves around and dark clouds in the sky, the sheep lay down because their confidence is in their shepherd. And then in verse 16, it says, I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. Doesn't that remind you of the verses where Jesus said he'll leave the 99 and he'll go after the one? I love it, but Ezekiel is seeing I believe the moment when Jesus came to the earth as the good shepherd, where God became the shepherd of lost people. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will be the shepherd, the flock. I will shepherd the flock with justice. Even mentions justice there towards the end. He said, I will come. I will remove hirelings. I will gather those who are lost. I will care for and bring well-being to those who follow me. And I will shepherd my flock made up of Jews and Gentiles with justice. Those are really poignant words, aren't they? And I love the way that they overlay so clearly with what we read in John. So we know that the, the agenda or the intention of the shepherd is our well-being, to care for us, to lead us, to guide us. Let's look now briefly at the behaviour of the sheep. He's the shepherd, we're the sheep. When you have a good shepherd, how should the sheep then live? I'm not talking about having a bad shepherd. I'm talking about when you have a good shepherd, how should the sheep then choose or purpose to live? I believe that when a sheep knows he has a good shepherd or they have a good shepherd, they feel safe. They feel secure. They feel protected, even though they're aware of wolves that could harm them, even though they're aware of things that could happen naturally that could harm them. They, they don't consider, yet they sit down and they find a place of rest. Remember what it teaches in the book of Hebrews, that there remains now a rest for the people of God. Stop striving, sit down, rest, even though you see what's happening around you. Find rest in your heart. Based on what, Andrew? Based on what? based on the Lord is your shepherd. He's the good shepherd and he's leading you and covering you, protecting you and providing. I consider David, you have to really, when you start speaking about the sheep and the shepherd, you have to think for a moment about King David. David was a warrior king. He was also a psalmist. He was, he was a warrior king. He was a worshipping king. David was a man who was taken from being a shepherd boy to being a king that led the people of God. He was a worshipping warrior. He knew how to win in battle because the shepherd was with him. But he also knew how to minister to the Lord in worship. David was a warrior king, yet saw himself just simply as one of God's sheep. You see, that's how he'd started his journey before he was a king. He was a shepherd boy 
on a hilltop looking after sheep. And in being a shepherd boy, I believe David gained a really, really simple understanding of his walk with God. You know that my simple understanding of my walk with God is based on John 15. It never has to become complicated to me. To me, it will always be a simple matter of him vine, me branch. For David, David, his relationship with God when he was a shepherd boy and when he was a warrior king was based on how he'd seen the relationship between a good shepherd and the sheep he was caring for. He'd been a shepherd and he knew the experience of sheep under his care and related his life now to God in that way. It's how he viewed his personal walk with God. Remember last week we spoke about walking with lions, walking with the Lion of Judah. Today we're just reminding ourselves that we also walk at the same moment with the Good Shepherd. Obviously David wrote a very famous psalm, Psalm 23. And I want to read through this psalm and just highlight again, it's the same thing that God's revealing in Ezekiel 34. It's the same thing that God's revealing in John 10. He's our shepherd. He's got our back. He's protecting us. He's leading us. We just need to make sure as his sheep that we're tuning in to his voice and not the voice of another. Let me read Psalm 23 and just speak these words into your home, over your lives. The Lord, he is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I love these words. This was David's declaration, his knowledge of God, his experience of God. And these are our words too. These are words that we should recite and memorize in our life. Oh, the Lord, Jesus Christ, the Lord, God, is my shepherd. He's my lion of Judah. He's my prince of peace. He's the great I am. He's the son of God. He's the son of man. He's the door. He's the bread. He's the vine. But he's my shepherd. And I lack nothing. Other translation says, I want for nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I want for nothing. You see, when a sheep is following a shepherd, it doesn't, he doesn't worry about where he's going to eat next because the shepherd takes responsibility for leading the sheep into the place that it needs to find its provision and its food for whatever season it's in. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Isn't that awesome? Like I said, a sheep will only lay down when they feel a sense of security and well-being. God wants us to trust him to such a degree that even in times that feel like storms, we're able to lie down in green pastures and see him leading us beside quiet waters. It's amazing how only God can turn a ferocious storm into a calm stream. He refreshes, restores my soul. Listen, if you're looking for or need restoration in your soul, the only place that you'll truly find that is following the great shepherd, Jesus. He's the restorer of our soul. When things harm the soul within us, when, when things affect the soul within us, he's the one that heals that place within us that others cannot see. I love that. He refreshes he restores my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the darkest of death, even though I walk through the 
darkest valleys. I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It doesn't say that we won't walk through valleys. It doesn't say that we won't walk through sometimes dark times. I've had to walk through enough valleys myself in, in, that, that had, um, had things to do with death and, and loss and confusion. But you know what? Every valley I've ever gone through, I didn't fear because I knew that I was not alone. You see, Jesus doesn't lead you into a valley and then say, I'll see you on the other side. Rather, he walks through every valley, even the death-like valleys, right alongside us. Just like he's in the boat with us in every storm. He's also in every valley with us. Right now, maybe you're in something that you say, this feels like a valley. Maybe your provision is being rocked or your health is being rocked or something else is causing you to feel that you're no longer in an open wilderness or on a mountaintop, but you're in a moment that feels so much like a valley. Listen to me, you're not alone. You're not alone. His rod and his staff are there to comfort you. You see, a, a shepherd has a rod and a staff. One is to guide and to help, to pull, to encourage. The other is to beat the living daylights out of a wolf. The Lord is with you. He's got a rod to guide you, to protect you. He's got a staff that will keep that which comes to harm you far away from you. All of these could be opened up so much. But I want to just give an overview of what David's saying concerning his experience of a relationship he had with God. You prepare a table my enemies. He doesn't move your enemies out of the way. He lays a table of feasting in their presence. Isn't God incredible? It would be easy for him to remove the enemy, but God says, no, no, I've got better for my sheep than that. I am going to lay a table of feasting in the presence of your enemies. That means he's going to bring you to a place of victory and he's going to allow your enemies, those who had harm in their hearts towards you, to watch you feast as he brings you into triumph. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. There's many ways that we could unpack that. To me, it says he takes away my emptiness. God doesn't want us to be empty in our walk with him. He wants us to live lives that are overflowing. He anoints my head. Oh, the anointing of God on our lives is what makes the difference. The anointing of God. It says that the anointing shatters the yoke. He anoints our head with an oil that breaks the power of depression, breaks the power of sickness, of emotional uh, 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 ill health. He, his anointing, his presence, breaks the power of other things off of our life. And he causes lives that were once empty, half-filled, to now overflow. And then he finishes with this incredible statement. Surely goodness, surely God's goodness, the goodness of the shepherd, and his love will follow me all of the days of my life. And I will surely dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It finishes, us, it finishes there by giving us an assurance that he's not just the shepherd for us in this life. But us following him as our good shepherd affects the life that comes after this life. The life beyond the grave as well. When you read through these different statements made by this 
worshipping warrior, this man who was once a shepherd himself. You read the different aspects of the intention of a good shepherd towards you. I believe it's very applicable for us today when we look around at what's going on in the world, when we hear the sound of wolves um, making a noise all around us. We don't panic. We don't fear because we know we're not alone. The Lord is my shepherd. Let that persuasion that was in David be rooted so deep within you today. You're not alone. The Lord is your shepherd. He will cause you to know green pastures and still waters. He will restore your soul. Even right now, I believe the Lord is restoring someone's soul. He's taking panic out and he's putting peace back. He's our great shepherd, the one we follow. I suppose the key question is, are you one of his sheep? Is he your good shepherd? I want to lead us through a simple prayer that gives an opportunity to people to receive him as their good shepherd. After that, I want you to stay around because I want to end today by reading and declaring this together over our lives and over our homes and over our families. We're going to read together. It's going to be on the screen so that you can read it. We're going to read Psalm 23. We're going to not just read it. We're going to declare it over every aspect of our lives. And in declaring it, we're going to acknowledge and remind ourselves again. Him shepherd, me sheep. I have nothing to fear. I lack no good thing. Before I do that, I just want to give an invitation to anyone watching today. And maybe you've tuned in, somebody shared and you said, let me give this a watch. And you've known the chaos of the moment that life is currently giving us. And you say, I need Jesus to be my good shepherd. I need to become a sheep that belongs to a good shepherd. Listen, the good shepherd loves you. He loved you enough to give his life for you that you could know a green pasture and not a fearful meadow. Just pray with me. And at the end, when I say amen, you just say amen. And the prayer I pray will become your prayer. And in that moment, I believe God will take you from separation and bring you back into being a part of his family or a part of his flock. Maybe you're watching today and like a sheep, you went astray. That's what the Bible says. All like sheep have gone astray. But today you can come back to the great shepherd of your soul, the shepherd of your heart, Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter that you've gone astray. What matters is you come back to the good shepherd today. Let me pray, and when I say amen at the end, just make this your prayer by sealing it with an amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you reveal yourself to us in so many ways. This morning, Father, you've reminded us that you are God. You are God, our shepherd. Father, thank you for the words of Ezekiel and through the words of the Gospel of John. We see you again as our good shepherd that's right with us by our side. We acknowledge, Lord Jesus, that when the wolf came for us, you stood in our place. You went to the cross as us. You took our punishment. You took our guilt. You died on the cross to give us a brand new life and a fresh start. Thank you, Jesus. We receive you as saviour today. We receive you afresh as our good shepherd today. And we thank you that you become in this moment the gateway that you promised you would be. 
thank you, Lord, that as we place our faith in you, Jesus, we come through the gateway of your life into the open pasture of your grace. We believe in you, Jesus. We believe you died on the cross for us. Thank you right now. We receive our salvation. Amen. Amen. Just say amen in that moment. If you've never known the Lord or you've been away from God, you're a sheep but went astray. Today you've come back and all of heaven rejoices with you. Listen, church, I want us to speak Psalm 23 together. I want us to speak this together over our lives and over our family. You see, he is the Lion of Judah, the Lamb of God. But he's also the Good Shepherd, the Great Shepherd. And as we reflect on these words, we're understanding what David knew about him. But even when David was in war, he said, I'm not alone, my shepherd's with me. When David was in a moment that looked like it was going to be apparent lack, he said, I'll lack nothing, my shepherd's with me. You see, David had given over the responsibility of his life and what he was leading to God. He'd resigned his life to the leadership of the great shepherd. As we pray together, as we speak these words together prayerfully, resign your life back to the shepherd. Give the ownership of your life back to the shepherd. Give the ownership of your family, what you need for work, what you need for provision. Give it all back to the great shepherd and tune your ear back into his voice. So the words are going to come on the screen and as we read this, let's Read this. Get your children reading as well. If your children are there, get them saying these words. Get these words embedded into their life. You know, if you're watching and you're with your husband or your wife, hold your hand, say these words together. If you're alone, understand you're not alone. Jesus is there with you. Speak to him as the one who's present. Here we go, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet, still waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, Jesus. You are with me, God. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I dwell with you in your house Lord forever Lord let your peace fill homes right now Lord let your peace fill hearts right now where there was chaos let there be peace where there was fear let there be faith let us see ourselves Lord seated with you before still waters in green pastures Put rest back in our hearts where the world may have taken it out. Father, we declare today that you are our great shepherd. Jesus, you are our good shepherd. 
We shall not want and we shall not fear. Hey, God bless you. See you next week.